0: Welcome to today's conversation Collaborative Transformation Driving the Deal. We're excited to bring you perspectives from McDermott's health and life science thought leaders on the trends and opportunities they are seeing in the market today. Joining us are partners Karen Slattery, Dale Vandemark, and Charlie Buck. So it's January, and that means we are here at JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, as we are every year. Talk to me about what feels different this year what's the energy like what are you seeing particularly as it relates to unique collaborations occurring and and maybe what's changing in the healthcare landscape karen do you want to start by kicking us off with your thoughts well i think
1: what's different this year at least for mcdermott is in addition to our other programming we added a day with a discussion among our hospital and health system clients and those who are partnering with them because we believe that Unlike in years past, um, hospitals and health systems are navigating innovation in a way that they had not previously and are beginning to partner with new and different partners, whether that's technology firms in the digital health space, which Dale's panel spoke to, or other transactional opportunities that had not been thought of before because, frankly, hospitals and health systems operated in their silos but that's changing rapidly and I think our discussions amongst our various panels today reflected that.
0: Charlie or Dale, thoughts on why or how hospitals are innovating and partnering differently and what we might see moving forward into the year?
2: I mean I think it's out of necessity. I mean hospital and health systems are struggling with low margins and high fixed costs and are trying to figure out how they can better provide care for their patients which is their core mission and I think what you see is Lots of lines blurring, right? The, the whole healthcare system used to be a series of silos. There were payers, there were providers. You know, that line is blurring. The, the distinction between what a provider and a tech company that might be enabling a provider is blurring, and they're trying to bring the best from all of these various silos together to provide more coordinated, higher quality, and more cost-effective care because, you know, they're, they're just, they can't keep dumping more money into these problems.
0: We want to talk a lot today about getting deals done, right, in this environment and what that looks like and, and how partnerships affect that. Dale, any thoughts in terms of how it might change the shape of deal making across the year based on these new trends?
3: I think that uh, one of the issues that we see in the transactional setting increasingly are the culture clashes that come about when you have different sorts of industries coming together to put a deal together. Those culture clashes can emanate just from the differences in the way the businesses operate, what types of organizations they are. So, a mission driven healthcare organization simply may have different priorities than a technology company or, or a life sciences company. But it also can be rooted in the legal and regulatory environment in which they operate. A very compliance-focused healthcare sector company, healthcare provider, a very good example, that's a very different sort of an operating model than a lot of, say, consumer-facing technology companies that aren't necessarily operating in a space where they have the same sort of legal and regulatory infrastructure in which they have to operate. And so their compliance focus isn't as sharp, it isn't as tuned. And when you put those two kinds of organizations together to put together some sort of a transactional environment, you can really see those differences come out in terms of how they negotiate, what they negotiate, and ultimately where they end up on the deal. I think that's right, Dale highlights the distinction, but what we
2: also heard on some of the panels today is but they both bring two things to the table that sort of aren't going away. The hospital and health systems, really probably, they have the relationship with the patient. I think that's going to be very, very hard to displace. And so that's why we're talking about collaboration. Because whether it's tech companies or, you know, financing vehicles, sort of bringing Something together with these health systems to work better because I don't I don't think this is a place where tech or something new can displace what the core here is, which is a relationship with the patient. And you can make doctors sort of more efficient, and we need to do that. But we can't, you know, get rid of the doctor altogether or the hospital altogether. And that and that's the challenge here is to to bridge that that culture gap in a way that improves you know, improves the healthcare and, and brings to the table the pieces I think the hospital health systems historically have not been able to in terms of efficiency and tech. And I think quite, you know, in a, in a self-aware fashion, realize that is not ever going to be their, their core competency and, th- and therefore that's why they need to collaborate, that's why they need to part.
3: But that there's value there, right? And I think that follows on to your, your previous comment, Charlie, that there's an increasing recognition by the healthcare provider community that what they have in terms of relationships with physicians, relationships with patients, is something that's increasingly, and the the data, the underlying data as well, but that's something that is increasingly seen as being valuable to life sciences companies and technology companies, whereas in the past, the life sciences company may say, well, all I'm doing is making a drug, you know, what, what do I care about that specific relationship? But now for a variety of reasons, including value-based reimbursement, but also the new types of products that are being developed by the, uh, those companies, there's an increasing need to understand better how a patient interacts with the healthcare community and also what the patient just kind of does day to day. And so those relationships that hospitals have, the data that they have, hopefully longitudinal data, is something that is increasingly seen as valuable for life sciences companies. And so everybody's bringing value to the table, and it's a matter of finding the balance as to what that value is. And I think what we're seeing are people still trying to figure out exactly what that value proposition is in each instance.
0: So we're hearing data, and we're hearing value of the relationship on the hospital side. What's in it for them? On the flip side, so I, it's sort of obvious to a certain degree to say, okay, if I'm a technology company, if you know, if I'm looking to enter the space, I see the value that the hospital is bringing. What's in it for the hospitals right now from a value proposition standpoint in terms of entering into these partnerships? Karen, I don't know if you have a thought on that.
1: Well, I like Charlie's word, self-awareness. I think they have a very clear self-awareness about the future and viability of the bricks and mortar hospitals. And that I think as many of our panelists and even Toby Cosgrove mentioned today, that where patients are treated and how they're treated is gonna change dramatically in the coming years. And within the four walls of a hospital, is the last place that people will get their care delivered. It might be at home or otherwise. And so I think they are facing that reality, along with really a true goal and mission to have better care, better access, at a better cost. I mean, I think they are truly driven by that. And I do think that they feel that being a brick and mortar hospital is a thing of the past. And they're working in various ways, many times through partnerships that they have a different path and in addition to the financial challenges and issues that they face I think they believe that finding other revenue opportunities is a part of the innovation they have good ideas they haven't been the best people to proliferate those ideas in the past but I think as Dale's saying they have value and if they find the right partner they can bring that value to others as well as benefit themselves.
2: I mean, Karen I can't remember who it was but someone on your panel right said they have a major productivity problem in the traditional hospital healthcare space that, I mean, part of this is inherent, right? It's a labor-intensive industry, and so it scales by adding more, more labor. But it's also one of the few industries, the point was made, where technology has not made it more efficient, right? Technology, in some, you know, you talk to some people, has actually made it sort of less efficient in terms of all of this data that's being gathered in electronic health records and otherwise. But I think most people believe that sort of technology appropriately sort of deployed and harnessed actually could make things you know, more efficient, right? We could start, at the examples used in your panel was, right. we could start you know, capturing blood pressure on
0: outside your, of on your, the on your Apple Watch visit.
2: or whatever it is, and so that when you come in, you're not gonna spend, you'd have to spend 10 minutes getting your you know, weight and your vital signs. And, you know, these simple ideas, but no one has, you know, been able to really capture them. And I think that we also heard hospitals and health systems are probably not, don't have probably the best, you know, groups of people to take an idea like that from sort of idea and conception to implementation. And maybe by partnering with one of these, you know, tech companies, they could do that more effectively. It's still the case that they, you know, those tech companies need to understand how that patient interaction works today, as you were saying, Dale. And that's why it really is a, you know, it has to be a collaboration or a partnership to get this done and, and to show improvement. But I think that's what the health systems hope to get out of this.
3: There's a mutual benefit for the technology and the, and the provider. The technology companies have to understand what the workflows are, what the operational needs are in order to be able to design the tool that's going to work and actually create create some value. And so they need to learn, right, from the hospitals and health systems in order to do that.
2: In order to bring a fresh perspective to it, you've got to understand you got un- starting
3: with. Right, exactly. And so that collaboration happens not just in terms of a big tra- you know, a transaction, right, we're going to come together, but in terms of how the technology is deployed, right? And so how a technology vendor actually establishes their you know, vendor relationship, right? So it doesn't have to be a joint venture. It's just that vendor relationship that can actually turn into something that looks much more like a partnership in terms of that sharing of knowledge.
2: Right, even if it's just a contract, it's something that's more like a partnership than it is a vendor and customer because it's not an off-the-shelf solution sort of in any case.
1: And I think you did emphasize that on your panel, Dale, which was vendors are no longer considered vendors. They are partners because Again, they need the value and expertise of the clinicians and the workforce and the patient relationship and the data that the hospital health systems have, but they really bring a whole different value. And I think they really are, again, back to our collaborative transformation theme, they really are feeling everybody has value to add and bringing it together will move the ideas forward, but staying in the silos is not gonna fix our broken health system, which I think clearly everybody recognizes needs fixing and rapidly. So it's exciting. There's serious challenges. As Dale said, the regulatory environment is complicated, but I think everybody seems to want to partner in unique and novel ways in which historically,
0: I think people stayed in their lane. It's interesting, what I'm hearing definitely is, and there's always sort of negative connotation around this, but what I'm hearing is that we're really getting to a point of codependency, right? That the technology companies can't achieve their vision of working in this space without really understanding the workflow and the processes and the value that the clinicians and the hospitals are bringing to the table, and hospitals can't really evolve and change and thrive right, without modernizing and getting the people who can take them to the next level. I feel like for the last couple of years we've started to talk early on about these collaborations and it still feels a little bit more promise than reality, but I would love to know from each of you, you know, are there certain types of collaborative transformations because there's so many of them happening right now, that seem to hold the most promise over the next 12 to 18 months, or a certain type of partnership that you think we're really gonna see come to the forefront? And why?
1: I mean, I guess from my perspective, I would say it's new. Really, all of these big bang transformation deals have really happened in the last 12 to 18 months. And so I don't think we really know the results of those. I think people are optimistic that with both culture and having the respective points of view and assets of these other diverse participants that they'll really bring something and bring some change. But, and I think with the challenges, there's great opportunity, but I think it's gonna be interesting. I don't know that I could say in the next 12 to 18 months whether we can give a report card on the success of these.
2: Right, and it's new because it's so much of it's driven by the changing economics of the healthcare system, right? I mean, the transition to alternative payments, right? The the hospitals and health systems are starting to be held accountable for the quality and cost effectiveness of the care, and moving away from fee for service reimbursement. And even that's, you know, a relatively new trend, and it's different from market to market. But, you know, part of what really motivates a hospital or health system to sit down and think hard about productivity and partnering with an IT is because they are all of a sudden being paid based on their productivity and not based on just the volume of their output in a fee-for-service system. So I, th- I think this is all happening together and they're reinforcing each other in ways. And the things that have been effective for the last several years are you know tools that just help them reduce acute care hospital utilization. Right, That's where a lot of the money is here, and they've done that. And you know, we're going to move to tools that do more subtle and you know, nuanced things in the future. But you know, where those exactly are going to be, I think it's really hard to predict.
3: In Twelve to eighteen months is also a very short time frame in in healthcare. So it's kind of the the most effective that you'll see will be what you'd put in the category of low hanging fruit, right? So there's a lot of inefficiency baked into the way that a lot of healthcare operates some of that has remained not because there aren't better solutions, but because there's a transition cost associated with it that's both uh, an economic cost but also a matter of inertia. And I think that in 12 to 18 months, I think what you will see is the most— that will bend the needle the most, right? What you'll see people talking about the most will be the ones that hit some of those administrative costs in in an effective way. I think the rest, in terms of, as you were saying, right, that there's this, all this talk about all of this amazing stuff we can do in healthcare with technology, with new partnerships. It's going to take a lot longer than 12 to 18 months to see that really play itself out. And we need more of the infrastructure, whether it's a greater shift to shared risk models or, or providers taking risks so that they really internalize the need to. Change things, or the better models for sharing data that different people have, I think all of that still needs to be developed we 're still in the early stages of that, so and I think yeah, that's especially more than since it 's been
2: developing in some respects since the 1970s right i mean some of these <laughs> some of these issues have been you know, so 12
0: I, to 18 months, definitely, Right, you know, sure. they've, been, un, right, they've yeah. been
2: understood since the HMO Act was passed right. in right. The, you know, the 1970s that there are problems with fee-for-service medicine. I mean, I think one thing that's really different about today, right, is that we've just gone through sort of an enormous investment of time, energy, and money in electronic health records. And we have sort of shifted from the point where, you know, you were getting bonus money from the government for implementing them to now that you're getting, you know, sort of penalties for not having implemented them. And it's now fairly exceptional to go to a healthcare provider and not have a electronic health record. But so, th- I mean, this is this trove of data that, Dale, you're talking about that industry or tech or pharma wants access to. I mean, that it just didn't really exist, I don't know, five or 10 years ago when all we had was claims data that you got to see, you know, weeks after the, you know, patient was, you know, home and, and out, of your, out of your care.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of that infrastructure there, but it's also, some of it is good on paper, but yeah. not in good. it's,
2: it's, it's, still, I mean, it's yeah. still very raw, right yeah. which is why twelve to eighteen months, I mean it's going yeah. mean we st- still don't yeah. really have anything that you'd meaningfully call interoperable you know health data right. And we've been working that for a long time.
0: So you've surfaced a few challenges here in terms of the landscape moving forward, culture, obviously in terms of these very different cultures. The risk tolerance are very different part of the culture in, in many ways. Uh, but also the regulatory landscape. So I just wanted to touch on that for a minute. Do you see that as a major impediment to these kinds of partnerships, or is it just a sort of standard challenge that these parties are gonna have to negotiate together?
3: Overall, I wouldn't say that it's a major impediment. I think it's just something that the parties need to work, work beyond. There are some aspects of what we regulate and how we regulate that we're already beginning to see pressure to change. So the fraud and abuse laws are being rethought seriously by Congress. I think that's a, that will be a very positive step if we can fix some of the problems that those laws have created in terms of not allowing for as much collaboration as I think people would like to see. So there are some that are m- more significant obstacles than others, but I don't see as a general matter all that much that is creating a real roadblock to collaboration. Organizations are pretty good at finding ways around those issues and they hire good lawyers who help them figure out. We can help them get around. Exactly, we can, we can help you move, move beyond those. I don't want to downplay the challenge because there are rooted ways of doing business that have very good legal and regulatory reasons. Getting comfortable with shifting your model a bit it can be challenging, right? It can be scary and it's kind of hard to move off of. I don't see a roadblock, I see obstacles that can be navigated.
0: Charlie, what about you? Any other obstacles that you see beyond those few that we've talked about that you think will be meaningful?
2: I think you. I think the regulatory environment may be a roadblock when you're talking about doing things directly with physicians and physician groups. But to the extent, I think here we're talking about health systems sort of partnering with other companies, you know, tech companies, for example. I think there are some issues with respect to the data and the data sharing that have to be navigated. But I think they generally can be navigated. I think the limitations on the hospital and health system side are sort of the bandwidth piece of this, right? I mean, they are organized. They're Running and operating very large, sophisticated organizations, generally on fairly small margins, and then trying to find additional time and energy to devote to these other efforts, right? I mean, we heard today some of the panelists, Karen, on your panel, just talk about <laughs> they've just had to try to f- create a new department to figure out how to, like, figure out how to respond to these offers and to sort of separate them and to figure out which they can devote time and energy and resources to, because they have a limited amount of time and energy and resources to devote to this, and they got a lot of people competing for their attention, and I I think that's a real issue, and I think that hospitals and health systems would be really well served to do that kind of intake in some sort of thoughtful and systematic manner, because, I mean, what I've seen, at least in some of, in my experience, is that the ones that, you know, get time and energy and attention, it's through some happenstance or personal relationship or and again sometimes that bears uh, you know enormous and tremendous fruit but I think that health systems will be well served by devoting a little bit of incremental resources on the intake side of this so that they're more systematically looking at the opportunities available to them and more systematically identifying the limited number that they're going to pursue and devote time and energy to
3: which I think requires a very clear or it would be improved by having a very clear strategic of what they want Set to of do, goals, right. or what they want to go, have, right.
2: Yeah. And that's where they think they can improve. And,
3: that's yeah. part of what I, I, I think we're you're kind of seeing broadly throughout the industry is that there are a lot of opportunities, but which ones make the most sense is a little bit more tricky to get through. And the strategic question is a tough one. We can all sit back and we say, oh yes, you know, information technology is great and we can see how this will be wonderful. But when you're actually sitting running a health system, trying to think about
2: how yeah, am I going to How am I going to make money on you have Medicare? Your mission, you have how what you'd like to do, and you right. have, what, you know, you have right. also the economic reality that you live yeah. in, right? And then uh, putting then that may be more fee for service
3: than you know value oriented yeah. in the immediate future, and you have yeah. to yeah. you know balance these right. Things. And 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 looking at the crystal ball, predicting what the world is going to be know, look, five to ten years from now, and then making your decisions from a, on a on a strategic basis as to which way you're going to. That's an extremely difficult. Uh, step to take. It's a lot harder than I think people people think.
1: And that discussion of not only are they well served, I think it's an imperative at this point for hospitals and health systems to be able to digest all that's coming at them and again, strategize in a way that is aligned with their mission, their strategy, and their limited resources, both human and capital, because as Charlie indicated, their bandwidth is is limited. So I do think it seems more of an imperative than it used yeah, to be to just move along, but to really focus on that infrastructure right, can, building to allow the opportunities right, to because be they Right,
2: because they have both an incredible asset that's of value that they can leverage here in some of these organizations, but they also have incredible room for improvement, right? And, Absolutely. And, and to not have some focused way that you're looking at these opportunities from both perspectives and, and investing in them is, is, a, is a lost opportunity.
3: It's something that their partners, in my experience, haven't figured out, right? They haven't figured out how to talk to the health systems to let them know really what the value proposition to the health system is, right? They, Frequently, don't, they don't
2: understand what the CFO is sitting exactly. in his or her desk every day trying Dealing to Dealing
3: with and, and, right. and right. And they don't understand the complexity of, right? and the three of us know, we, we work with health systems on a regular basis, that these are very complicated organizations. They have relationships built into the physician community with their employed staff, with the community at large. They have missions. They have an economic model that is very difficult to, to operate in. So when these companies, you know, single-minded companies come in, on, I'm a tech company and my goal is to make money at the end of the day, right? Come in and talk to a health system they are much better served understanding that richer, complex environment so that they can speak the language of the health system and solve a problem that they're actually dealing with as opposed to the one that I think I'm solving because I'm a technology company, and this is how I'm going to make a you know make some money or improve a system that I don't fully understand.
0: so I've heard in the last minute or so I've heard a lot of implied guidance both for the for the hospital systems and for the technology companies, but let's let's put a slightly finer point on it. I'll start with Charlie, if you don't mind. What is your one or two pieces of guidance, either for the hospital systems or for the non-traditional players who are looking to collaborate in this market in terms of building a successful collaboration?
2: Well, I'll I'll repeat what I said about the on the hospital health system side, and and I think it really comes down to having a thoughtful and organized uh, and systematic method for assessing and evaluating all of these opportunities because there are lots of them and deciding which ones you're going to invest time and energy in. And it all starts from you got to build that infrastructure, but then, Dale, as you said, you also have to figure out what it is you want from these types of collaborations. And I think for a hospital or a health system, that is there's a good return on investment in developing some more formal infrastructure to do those things.
0: Karen, what about from your perspective? Yeah, I would
1: just echo that as well as add that I think that's what they're doing now, taking baby steps towards that. But I think, again, they need to accelerate that because the pace of which these innovations and companies and opportunities are coming at them, I think they need to accelerate their internal infrastructure, both from a workforce perspective, having the expertise that they may have not historically had in-house as well as the pace at which they evaluate and look at opportunities. And I think that's just not an area that they have lived in in terms of both hiring from outside of healthcare as well as living at a pace that is outside of a a typical hospital health system realm. I mean, first and foremost, they are delivering care to patients and they appropriately so focused on that first and foremost. But I think keeping up now with the change I mean, the proverbial, you know, change a tire on a moving car, I mean, this is changing a wing on a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's rough, but I do think that they're doing the right things now, but I think they need to build that infrastructure faster and be in a position to work faster to respond.
0: Dale, what about the, the new entrance? I think we've good guidance on the hospital side. What do you think about the people who are moving into the market that aren't traditional health
3: just had a great answer for well,
0: the hospital side. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, what do they do, Dale? They just hire someone who used to work in a, in a health system to be part of the tech company?
3: I or? think that helps. I do want to make one comment about the, about the hospital side, because I think, that honestly, I think that's where the most change, I think we're going to see the most change there. It was interesting. Yesterday, I saw a presentation and someone was pointing out that a really interesting thing happened not all that long ago when Tesla Motors changed its name to just Tesla and decided to be a software company, not a car company, right? It's kind of the, the implied shift. And I think for hospital systems and health systems, for the right system, there's an opportunity to be really bold about what's coming down the pike, institute really a shift in perspective as to what a health system really is. And, and we've seen this happen in various iterations over the years, whether you're going to be kind of this broad and have lots of different services or just very narrow provide your hospital service. But I think shifting away from, you know, a facility-based system or even a service-based system and really think of your yourself as being at the center of where a lot of healthcare and healthcare related services are provided not physically but in terms of the patient relationship right because that's what can be that can be managed i think with that new vision of what a health system should be is something that's that's very important and i think you know whether it's a life sciences company or a technology company or even a, you know an investor of sorts. To me, the critical advice is that you really have to ingrain in your very fiber of what the third-party reimbursement system actually means for a business model in healthcare. I think that it's great to think about technology particularly as being something that can be disruptive, but all of that goes out the window when you have a third-party reimbursement system like we have in the United States. Relationships are different. The people receiving the services have a different relationship with the provider of the service. The people who are paying, for, actually paying for the service are paying for it sometimes indirectly, sometimes directly. It's a very, very complicated set of relationships. With enormous inertia attached with to With enormous the, inertia uh, attached, attached to, to attach the to attach other to thing to the tech companies, uh, I yeah, think. Don't, they truly don't understand that, but I think that if you really internalize what that third-party reimbursement system does and kind of how it works and understand those economics, then you can start finding where value exists, what value is provided by the different industry participants, and finding out where you can come in and actually create some value. Without doing that, I think you're always going to hit a ceiling or you're always going to create something that no, one is going to, no one's going to really want.
0: Any other closing thoughts on this topic or what you're most excited about in the year ahead? in terms of collaborative
2: transformation? I mean, I I would just pick up on one more thing about, we talked about this a little bit on the hospital and health system side, right? There are two separate things that hospitals can do with these collaborations. One is sort of take their intellectual property or data or whatever and leverage it as an asset and and to find some partner who's gonna help leverage it, right? And the other is to find a partner that's gonna help them operate more efficiently and be more productive. And those are not, again, not mutually exclusive. And I think lots of clients are looking for both, but there, I mean, there are different, different things. And I think some real clarity about you know, which is being pursued and in what sort of balance is really important on the hospital and health system side.
3: Can I ask a question about that? Not to prolong our conversation too much, but one of the features also that I see at work is that in healthcare, from one perspective, the goal is to drive down costs, get rid of utilization, limit it, put it in the right place at the right time so it's as inexpensive as it can be. But you see a lot of market entrants looking at healthcare as a way to make money, right? Is that how am I gonna go in and, and, and make money? And, and I think that you've, you've put your finger on it nicely, is that you have to think about both sides of that, of that coin and kind of figure out how you're gonna make yourself attractive to a hospital, how you're gonna make yourself attractive to a patient, right? How you're gonna be attractive to a technology company. Right. You really have to think about the different incentives and the different interests that are that are at work. And that's not that's not easy all the time.
1: I think the reason McDermott brought a discussion between hospitals and health systems and others who are collaborating with them to JP Morgan this week is because I think we really are on the cusp of some unique opportunities and I think Charlie described them in terms of both how hospitals and health systems need to both proliferate their own IP and ideas but also be partnering with others to make sure that those technology developments are appropriate ultimately to do the the grand plan that everybody has which is to reduce costs, improve quality, and obviously improve access so I think it was a great discussion and I think there's lots of opportunity from our perspective so we look forward to seeing more exciting things in
0: the years to come Thanks so much for listening today. For more analysis about collaborative transformation, check out our Health and Life Sciences News blog at healthlifesciencesnews.com. Copyright
1: McDermott, Will & Emery. All rights reserved. Any use of these materials, including reproduction, modification, distribution, or republication without prior written consent of McDermott, Will & Emery is strictly prohibited. This may be considered attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.